0: Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw. Today I'm talking to GQ Sports' Howard Beck to discuss the possibilities remaining this offseason for the New York Knicks. OGN and OB Joel and beat Paul George. We go over all of them right now on Locked On Knicks.
1: You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of
0: the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Anthony for three.
0: Bang! That one goes it infectious. you are locked on Knicks, your daily new york Knicks podcast i want to thank you for being locked on Knicks your first day today. and every day and if you want to become an everyday remember to subscribe on youtube or wherever you get your podcast. But who's shilling for likes? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And today, Howard Beck joins the show to discuss uh, what other moves Knicks can make this offseason. I won't delay it any longer. Let's get into it with Howard right now on Locked On Knicks. All right. As promised, I am joined by Howard Beck, a reporter for GQ Sports and, of course, a contributor to the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Howard, things have changed a little bit since the last time you were on. No more Obi Toppin. Dante DiVincenzo is now a Nick. We're, we're closer than ever. They're having the full 2018 Villanova Wildcats running MSG, but good to see you. Um, I guess we can start here. How are you, how are you feeling about the Knicks offseason so far?
1: I mean, it's been a, a, a subtle one, right? Uh, they weren't involved in the draft. They haven't been involved in uh, major trades or trade speculation, although maybe on the fringes of it to an extent. Uh, I didn't think free agency would necessarily be a, a big uh, time for them, just because of of where they are in terms of their cap, in terms of the rotation, things are fairly solid. I didn't think that they were a team that was that in in a summer where there's where free agency was going to be kind of uh, meh anyway, right? Like this wasn't the sexiest free agent class, and in a summer where the Knicks were not a, you know going to be a, a cap room team, I didn't necessarily expect much. So. Um, I think, you know, DiVincenzo's great and a great addition. I think it's obviously kind of a mixed bag in terms of of, of offloading Toppin at this stage. If you want to call it a sunk cost, okay, but he's still really young. Um, I know there were tensions there. I know there's, you know, and he probably needs as a young player to be able to get more runs somewhere, and certainly Indiana will give him that opportunity. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, let me just address those two things since since I've I've touched on them and I, I will probably be going there anyway. Um, I I love a lot of what they're going to get out of Di Vincenzo um, defensively, um, just kind of uh, the the uh, as as a, as a as a smaller guard who can play up a position or two, who's tough minded, who had a really great run with the Warriors, um, and who just I, he's just all around solid guy. Like I think. I think he's going to be a net plus for them, but they are adding him to a, a group where it's it's like that's their strength, right? Everything from point guard through small forward is where they're most crowded, and those are the three positions where you're gonna move him around. So there's that. It's left a hole, obviously, at backup four and just in the front court in general. And I don't know what they're doing at this stage to fill that gap with Top and Gone. So I I I like Divincenzo in the abstract, and I like him on pretty much any team. I I'm not sure that that was the area of greatest need for the Knicks, and maybe that suggests that as we record this, obviously we're barely a week into free agency. That there's uh, or not even a week into free agency, um, that maybe there is more coming here. Um, and then just in in, in the, the the biggest picture view here, I look through one week of again, less than a week of, of the off season of free agency and, and trades and expected stuff. I feel like the only team that's really significantly improved in the top five of the East was Cleveland getting Max Strus and George Niang filling some, some serious holes that they had. I think Boston, I'm not sure if the, you know, swapping out of Marcus smart for Chris Epps, Porzingis maybe makes them better. Maybe makes them a little worse. I don't know what the loss of smart means for them yet. Just as kind of a, a you know, the heart and soul of that team, you know, Functionally, they might be better with everything Porzingis brings, but are they losing something just in terms of the soul of that team, having lost Marcus Smart? But so Boston, I'm not sure what to make of. Milwaukee is essentially the same team. The Knicks are effectively the same team, I think. Um, the Sixers are trying to figure out what to do with their hardened drama. The only team that's improved in the top five in the East, I think objectively speaking, is is Cleveland, and not by leaps and bounds, but... Um, so it's just interesting. I just throw that in there as, as just another kind of, uh, you know, uh, data point As like, if you're trying to move up in this pecking order, have the Knicks done anything that significantly moves them forward? No. Um, but, you know, there's there's still some internal development to perhaps rely on
0: as well. Yeah, and I, I think to that point, uh, Fred Katz of The Athletic, who does an exceptional job covering the team, had does. an interesting article um, dis- saying in his mind, the Knicks probably aren't done yet. And that coming out of that Miami series, the, the most glaring area of weakness you, you could argue was shooting. I, I think I would posit that it wasn't all that. It, it was an issue, but it was an overcomable one when Quentin Grimes was on the floor. But when the Knicks closed with Josh Hart, that became a really significant problem that became much easier to guard. And you saw scenarios where Jalen Brunson admirably had to go through three or four guys at a time. He did a pretty good job on that, but you don't necessarily want to build on that. if you have aspirations of doing better, you don't want to have those same types of lineups again. And Fred is arguing like you, you get um, more versatility with your bench unit with OB gone, but functionally. And I think this is kind of what you're getting at Howard. You don't really change who you are as a team. So we had this note in there. League sources told the athletic that New York, has contacted multiple rival front, off, front offices this offseason with a similar objective. The Knicks have built packages around their promising young players to target prime-aged veterans they believe would help the current roster if they flip one of their 20-something guards for versatile wing. That would change the context of the DiVincenzo signing too. So this comes as the same day there are reports out of Toronto that uh, OG Ananobi is potentially available, and and in an article I think it was Michael Grange who wrote it. Um, he noted, like in particular, watch out for the Knicks there. Ananobi's been a guy that's kind of long been, um, I, I I guess, of interest to the Knicks. For me, I think it's more about who they play and how they deploy their younger guys. But unquestionably, there is on paper a need for like another like six seven rangy wing type guy you and i were discussing paul george last time around do you still still see them making some kind of consolidation move to get that guy on the roster right now or do you think to what you said at the end of your last statement like there is some merit to just waiting on internal development and seeing, hey it's quickly going to be an all-star is grime's going to emerge as one of the better role players in the league
1: yeah my guess is they're they're not counting on well we're we're just done this is fine um Grimes will take another step. Uh, Barrett will take another step. Maybe Brunson has yet another gear to go to. Um, and we'll, we'll just let it I, I, I I doubt that's the agenda. I mean, I, I think you can, even if some of these younger players haven't hit their ceiling, you can kind of see where they're headed or where the ceiling is. I, it's not like someone's going to turn into all due respect to RJ Barrett and the strides he's made. I don't think too many people expect RJ Barrett to turn into an all NBA player tomorrow. Um, And it doesn't mean he's hit his ceiling. It just means, you know, there's. You look at this roster, and if you're being realistic, do you have a chance to be, you know, to to be uh, in the mix to make the Eastern Conference Finals? I I don't think so, honestly. Like, you know, healthy Bucks, healthy Celtics. Again, I don't know what to make the Sixers anymore. Um, Those two teams are still the top. Sixers to be, you know, to to, to be determined. Cavs are really good, and 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 you know. You want to talk about internal development, like that's a team where you can look at Garland and Mobley and say, we're pretty sure those guys are making more steps forward, right? Like the ceiling on those guys is very high. So the Cavs can rely on that. Plus, they added some guys. If you're the Knicks and you're being realistic about it, you're looking at those four teams. Again, asterisk on the Sixers. And you're saying, are we are we there? by the way, I didn't even mention the Miami heat <laughs> <guess> that, yeah. <laughs> who may get Dame Lillard. I do this often. I, I kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of that, um, it's that, that funny lingering thing from last season where it was like, Oh, they had such a weird season. They felt, you know, they were way, you know, they underachieved or- Obviously the Miami heat should be in this conversation. Um, especially if they get Lillard, if they don't, it's going to be a very interesting season for the Miami heat after all the, uh, you know, marbles they've put in that, uh, in that category in that basket i don't know i'm mixing metaphors at this stage gavin what am i doing um so then the the knicks want to move forward you have to be able to take the next step so i i the 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 short answer back to your question i I don't think they're done i think they're they're looking to make a move whether that's an ananobi whether it's maybe pascal siakam by the way who i keep hearing um floating in and out of of speculation and rumors from other teams as well um i but you have to be opportunistic like Nobody's available until they're available in this league. Guys are shopped. Guys are dangled. Guy, conversations are had. All the stuff, all that we see on the Twitter feed every day, all the stuff that people like me hear every day when you're talking to people around the league. None of it matters until there's a real negotiation. And so it's a fine line between when you you asked it the way you asked it. It's a fine line between are, 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 they, are they making the move now or are they just kind of like waiting to see what's... A, it's it's all of, it's it's everything all the time. You 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 can't make the deal for Anobi until the Raptors actually determine that it's time to trade him, or Siakam, or whoever else may uh may come into to the discussion. And so, do, do the Knicks have the assets? Yeah, sure. I mean, they've got a ton of picks. Granted, I, they're not like all first round picks aren't created equal. Like the Nets have better first round picks to deal than the Knicks do. The Thunder have better first round picks to deal than the Knicks do. Um but they have a lot of them and they do have some good young players. So it just depends on who becomes available. And are you actually in the best position to make the deal am- among everybody? Because if the player is good enough, you're not going to be the only team pursuing him. If Ananobi becomes available tomorrow, half the league, a third of the league minimum is going to be chasing him. And so then becomes the, you know, kind of the, the, the quiet competition, sometimes not so quiet competition, to make the best offer so it, it's it's all very fluid and we're early in the summer still we've seen blockbusters in august before um i don't i don't know that we should necessarily expect whatever the next next move is to present itself immediately
0: all right guys we'll get back into it with howard in just a sec to continue our conversation and dive deep on joel Embiid. will he ask out of philadelphia and what would the trade have to be for the New York Knicks to get him and beat out a whole bunch of other teams? Uh, but first, I want to remind you that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, personally, I have uh, done a lot of therapy in my life, starting at a very early age and uh, continuing until today. And it has been an immense help for me because it it kind of helps you question some of your assumptions about yourself, some of your thoughts about yourselves and realizing they're not as ingrained as you think they are. And they might not be as true as you think they are. So it has a lot of value in that sense to help you move forward. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime. For no additional charge let therapy be your map with better help therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself so visit betterhelp.com locked on today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help help.com locked on yeah and i think my stance on it is and this this is maybe being guilty of something you could argue leon rose has been guilty of and, and overvaluing the nick's young talent. Um, but if you're going to make that, and it doesn't have to be an all-in move, it could be RJ Barrett and like one of those picks, um, for OG Ananobi, but is there a world where you don't want to make that move if it doesn't meaningfully like change your trajectory? Like I, I think you could swap RJ for OG straight up. Like I, I could throw it right to you, Howard. Like Does that change your opinion of the Knicks? Is that all of a sudden saying, all right, well, now they're there with Boston and Milwaukee. And, and obviously, like you, you sometimes make one of those moves to then make the move for the Paul George, make the move for the Joel Embiid that we're going to talk about in just a second. But I think I'm okay with them being patient if it's not a move, again, that's meaningfully going to shift things for them.
1: And I don't think Barrett plus a pick is getting you Ananobi. Sure. Sure. I, 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 the Raptors clearly value him highly. They have had offers on the table or conversations in the last year or so that involved multiple first round picks from teams. Um, Barrett's a good player. Uh, I, I don't know that, that, you know, Barrett plus a pick is enough given what the Raptors value of Ananobi is. I'm not even saying how I would value it, I'm just saying what the reality of of what we've seen and, and heard so far. Um, does Ananobi, you know, does it, you know, forget all the other stuff that may be in the deal? Does having Ananobi instead of Barrett meaningfully uh, push you forward? Maybe a little. I mean, Ananobi's d- defensive abilities are, are pretty considerable, and his three point shooting is is great. And and there's, I think, there's still a little bit more there. Um, but is that the one all in move? You're, and, and by the way, that doesn't have to be the one all in move. Maybe right. it's that plus one more. They have enough assets to make a deal for him and still have stuff to make another deal that's the 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 uh solid position they have put themselves in so um you know again um I I think there are going to be options for them over the course of the next few weeks um and it may well be the player that we haven't even discussed or thought of because that often becomes the case
0: and and it feels like the the true Maybe this is too small of an animal, but the true golden goose here is Joel Embiid. He's, he's been one of the names, obviously, with the connection to Leon Rose that's been mentioned since Rose took over the Knicks. Um, I think the talks got a, a little louder and 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 maybe not realistic, but a smidge more realistic with the rumors of James Harden wanting out of Philadelphia. Though, of course, that could be on Joel Embiid's word that, that he wants James Harden out of Philadelphia and he doesn't want to be his running mate through Harden's mid to late 30s. Um, But what is what is the latest on your end that you've heard on that? And to me, on one hand, those conversations seem premature, but I think this is kind of what you're getting at. They're only premature until the the Woj tweet drops like, hey, Joel Embiid has asked Daryl Morey and, and the Sixers front office to be traded out of Philadelphia. Do you see that as something that could still happen this summer? Or would it take a scenario where Harden gets traded, maybe for a lot of guys who don't shift the Sixers trajectory and they get off to a disappointing start to the year?
1: Yeah, I, it is both appropriate and too soon mm-hmm. for the MB discussion. Right. Nice. Appropriate because everyone around the league's been kind of – this is what the league does, though, right? Like, this is not a big deal that I'm going to say this. The league is constantly keeping an eye on these situations. All the other teams are doing this. Before Giannis signed his extension a few years back, everybody in the league had their eyes on the Bucs and Giannis and saying, oh, is he going to become available? Then they got Drew Holiday. Then Giannis signed his extension. Then they won a championship, you know. But we're doing it again. Like People are already looking again like, oh, you know what, Middleton's getting up there in years, he's been injured a lot. Lopez is up there in years, been injured a lot. How much longer is it going to last if that if they can't get to another finals? So people are keeping an eye on Giannis. And, of course, they're keeping an eye on Embiid ever since the Embiid-Ben Simmons stuff started to break down. And then you had the Ben Simmons holdout, and then eventually the swap for Harden. And now here we are again. I, 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 a lot of this is just going to depend on what they get for Harden. And if they even trade him, uh, maybe Daryl Morey's gonna call a bluff again. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's no telling where this one's gonna go. Um, by now, we should all be clear on this in the NBA in general. Like, you just don't know. So, what do they get back for Harden? Daryl Morey's a a, a pretty good deal maker, and if they get the right stuff back for Harden, and they've still got presumably Tyrese Maxey, and presumably, to, you know, Tobias Harris and, and much of the rest of that cast, they're still a top team in the East. It's not a, a critical enough situation where Embiid should need to ask out based on, oh, well, you know, look at all this instability. I mean, like, they're, they're, they're still pretty good. It depends on who they get back for hard, as I say. Yeah. Um,
0: I, go so, ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. No, I, I, I guess I, I just from my perspective, I'm curious your take on this. I, I think it would take Maxi. Making a leap for Embiid, who's a very savvy guy, to talk himself into we are a title contender because I just I don't see a world where, where James Harden is coming back next postseason all of a sudden, right? It, it's consistent. Like, oh, okay, he's putting up thirty a game and and he's teaming up with Embiid and he's carrying us over the top. Like, it doesn't feel like that's going to happen for him. It feels like even if he is back for one more year, I, at least in my mind, like Maxi would maybe need to elevate to either the number two guy or the co-number two guy. On that team, and and look, and be, you could you could argue like I I don't know how injured he was last post. He's like there might need to be some self reflecting there and saying all right, if I was better, like maybe it wouldn't have mattered, maybe we get past Boston, maybe we get past Miami. And if they were coming off a finals appearance, like we're not having this conversation right now, no matter what. But is there a world where like he just looks at this current team, even if Harden's back, and says like Hey, like nothing's different. We're we're not going to be good enough in Philly. Maybe because that Harden request was was kind of in stasis, like didn't really do anything in free agency. Like, do you see a world? Were they're meaningfully more of a title contender or like, could Embiid come into the season and say, Hey, we're behind Miami. We're behind Boston. We're behind Milwaukee. If you want to argue that the Knicks wouldn't be in a dramatically better position, I, I think I'd argue to the contrary, but what, what are your thoughts on all that? Well, I mean, I, I,
1: I think Joel Embiid, you know, reigning MVP, Joel Embiid, um, just had, had that MVP season, obviously with this Sixer team and has been on contenders with that team you know, for how many years running now, I, you know, and, and, you know, never forget how much these guys believe in themselves first. Like we're a contender because I'm me, you know, like that's, that's where, where it usually starts. Now, if the supporting cast is, is as bad as say Portland's has been, then eventually Damian Lillard says, well, me is not enough. Um, I don't know if Joel Embiid's at that stage yet. That's that. I'll just keep coming back to that. I don't know. You know, you can't gauge the frustration level or the patience level of these guys um, sometimes until until it's obvious. I, there's, there's nothing to indicate to me, nothing that I've heard that gives any legitimacy to the idea that Joel Embiid would want to push this right now. But let's spin this forward for a second. It, worst case scenario for the Sixers happens, and... The Harden thing drags out and Embiid decides he wants out too. Or the Harden thing doesn't get them enough of a return. Or Harden's back and is miserable and is making everybody else miserable. Could Embiid ask out? Sure. All right. If it happens, then what? Well, the entire league is going to be trying to get Joel Embiid with the exception of the Denver Nuggets. Um, So, and I I was just kind of glancing, like, all right, who would be the – and when I say the entire league, obviously not everybody has um, the same – need for him right now or the same chances to get him or whatever. So I, I, I started to scribble down just got a, a quick hit list of like who would definitely chase him to me. Uh, this is based on no intel yeah. whatsoever. The Nets are right at the top of the list and they've got a boatload of, of really attractive picks because the whole league expects the Suns are going to fall off a cliff um, in the next couple of years and they've got all those Suns picks plus others. So then the, and the Nets have other interesting pieces they could deal to. So the Nets would be there. I think the Celtics would be chasing him Cavaliers could certainly chase him um and some of these teams don't have draft capital obviously like the Cavaliers draft capital is all in Utah but um Toronto absolutely would chase him um Sacramento maybe Minnesota maybe New Orleans Houston like I'm and and, like again like not everybody's in the same position in terms of their ability to make deals I just started looking around at like do you have Young players with upside who who need that that great coaster, right? If you like, you're the Wolves and you have Anthony Edwards, and you're already pretty much, you know, like, like I, I I I'll keep saying it, like they they hate when I do, but like I I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is is long for Minnesota, um, and Gobert is there, so I know there's a complicating factor there, but like if the if the Timberwolves could find a way to pair Anthony Edwards with Joel Embiid, you know they would do it, and they do have valuable players um, to move. Um, again, a team with no draft assets, uh, because they're all in Utah. Um, but, uh, Pelicans of draft assets, Pelicans of interesting young players. I get just, again, this is, this is right off, almost right off the top of my head. These are teams sure. I was jotting down before we started taping. I think if MB is available, there is going to be an all out scramble and bidding war for him. Do the Knicks have enough? I, I don't I don't know. I think it's an open-ended question. Their player their young players are good, but I don't know if the ceiling's high enough. Their picks, they have a lot of them. But again, most of them are heavily protected or going to be uh low in the first round or are their own picks. And if you're getting Joel Embiid, then your own picks are no longer that valuable because you're expecting to be uh pretty high in the standings and low in the draft order.
0: Yeah, I I hear all that and I I think it's uh it's it's kind of the the balance here was trying to look at in the NBA when these guys sign these long contracts how much of an ability do they have to navigate where they want to go and that that's making a big assumption on my part that Joel Embiid's number one choice would be the Knicks which which despite the Leon Rose connection despite the seemingly bright future there who knows right they could be his top three they could be his top five no guarantee that they are number one nor should Um, we
1: assume by the way that guys can always get where they want to go I know we're doing this
0: last summer right
1: right we saw Mitchell last summer um we have yet to see where Lillard finally ends up. I know everybody's taking it as a a, a given that he's going to end up in Miami, but you know, ask, ask Paul George, how it worked out when he asked Indiana to trade him to LA years ago.
0: And that's a great transition Howard, because he's, he's the guy I wanted to finish up on Um, someone we talked about uh, last time you were on. Um, and you, I uh, give you all the credit in the world because you, you were ahead of it. Like, it was like, I think a few days before like it, it fully broke that, like, all right, like maybe Paul George could be available. I know Ian Begley a few days later had that the Knicks specifically had talks, um, with the Clippers. And then it came out yesterday. I think it was from Alan Hahn. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm misaccrediting that, but that there was a rumored deal that the Knicks declined that was Paul George for. R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier in three firsts. Of course, we don't know what those firsts were. I assume they would have been the Knicks own and like either lightly protected or unprotected. Is that a deal the Knicks should have made? Because I I was going over on Twitter, would have left the Knicks with a starting lineup of Brunson quickly, Paul George, Randall and Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hardenstein, Josh Hart, um, presuming they stole the money, DiVincenzo off the bench. I think unlike OG Ananobi, that is a roster that you could look at and say, all right, if healthy come playoff time, like I would put pretty close up there with the Celtics, pretty close up there with the Bucks, pretty close up there with the Heat. Um, is that something you would have done? Or is that a move where you're like, all right, that maybe would have been a little rich given yeah. his age and maybe most importantly, the extension he would have commanded?
1: Yeah. Um, always a little hesitant to, you know judge a hypothetical, especially like I did not see that report and I don't know where it came from. So I don't know how much stock to put in it. Hmm. Um, But, you know, as a hypothetical, um, it might be a slightly steep pay only because Paul George is 33 with a lot of recent injury concerns and missed games. I'd still want him. I love, I love Paul George. I think um, Brunson, Paul George, and, you know, a combination of, of role guys around them, is pretty damn good, um, you know. I, I like Quentin Grimes, and I wouldn't want to give him up in that deal if I could hold him back. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big RJ Barrett guy, and I, and again, the the sense I've gotten around the league is that people feel like, oh, he's a very good player, but like, you can, you can get an RJ Barrett. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I think I would want to hold Grimes out. Maybe I'd want to hold one of those picks out. Uh, maybe it depends on which of those, it, it may be on which of the picks it is, right? Again, they have all these picks. They're not all equal by any stretch. Um, and it might depend on the protections on those picks. So there's a lot of depends in that. Um, and yes, Paul George is going to want the extension, which you have to factor in. And now you have payroll concerns that go hand in hand with that because of, of all the new CBA rules. Um, but man, I mean, uh, Brunson, Paul George, another another you know, and a supporting cast that's that's solid that has the requisite amount of 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 you know three point shooting and playmaking, uh, defense. You've got a shot. You got a shot to do something. Um, I'm I'm still high on Paul George. So uh, if it were me, I, I'd I'd have been tempted maybe with a tweak or two to that uh, to that hypothetical.
0: Yeah, and I think we can we can wrap up on on this. But I, I think there is a there's a balance to be struck there, right? Because we we just spent uh, whatever ten minutes talking about embed and again, even in the perfect world where he becomes available, could you even get him? And how do you strike that balance, I guess, between like saying, like, hey, like the perfect star, the perfect trade, like it's maybe never quite gonna be there. And and last year, I, I think um maybe you disagree a year in the rearview mirror. I'm I'm fine with them not getting Donovan Mitchell. I mean, heck, he might just come here on his own volition in two seasons. Um, but what is what is that balance for the Knicks going forward between saying Hey, like we want to wait for the right guy, the right time, the right contract, the right age versus like if, if a star is available and like you're, you're doing a trade there, if, if you're the Knicks, like you're not giving up your two best players and Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, you're bringing someone like Paul George, like, like, should they try to make that kind of move?
1: So I was fine with them not getting Donovan Mitchell and I was uh, mostly because I didn't think Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson made sense together. Um, Mm. And and Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, it remains to be seen how much they make sense together. I mean, they make more sense because of the defense they have behind them in Cleveland. But even then, you saw the way they kind of malfunctioned against your team, right? So, um, you know, if they had not signed Jalen Brunson when they did, I would have said, oh, they should be all in on on getting Donovan Mitchell because they needed a starting point. But now Jalen Brunson is at a really high level, where you have your star guard. I don't think you want an, an undersized backcourt, so I still don't think Donovan Mitchell is the answer there. So the the answer to the question about like when you should be all in on the star, it's always going to depend on the star, to me. Joel Embiid obviously fits. Joel Embiid fits just about everywhere. Um, Paul George absolutely would would fit, albeit a little bit older than than ideal for where the rest of this team is, but still functionally he would fit. Um, I mean, the other one to keep your eyes on, and I know it makes probably a lot of Knicks fans cringe, but I still, like, again, I'll go back to Towns. Towns is the next guy I think that's going to be available. And it, it's. I don't know that it's happening this summer, but be, especially because of payroll concerns and CBA c- concerns, again, with the New Deal, fit concerns, everything, all kinds of concerns. I think it's inevitable, and I've said it many times, I, I think it's inevitable that Cronty Towns gets dealt. You talk about Embiid's ties with Leon Rose. It's the same thing with Towns. Uh, obviously, Joel Embiid's a much better player. Uh, but this is some combination of which star is actually going to be available and when they're available, and and is it the right fit? If it's a guard, James Harden, no, I don't think the Knicks should be all in on James Harden. We haven't even discussed that possibility, but that has been floated in the last week. I definitely don't think they should be all in on James Harden. Um you know, I I don't even necessarily think that they're the right Lillard fit. Again, because they've got Brunson there. Lillard's a better player, but Lillard is older, and I don't I don't see the undersized backcourt as being feasible. It didn't work for Lillard all the years that he's been in Portland. So it's it has to be the right star, uh, and that and, and they have to have the right package to get him. So um I think they're making that move at some point, but I think they're being smart and waiting for it's to be the right guy and not being all in on somebody who might not be the smartest fit or who's too old for this lineup.
0: They've been extremely patient. I think they will continue to show that uh, with maybe, maybe move on the margins and maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe they go on at some point, but Howard Beck, uh, thank you so much for coming on once again, before I let you go, um, can you tell everyone one more time where they could find all your great work? Appreciate it. Yeah. Still uh, on Twitter as, as long as it's still functioning
1: at Howard Beck, but i'm also on blue sky for anybody who's fortunate enough to be on there yet um it's building slowly uh all my work is on my authory page which is author with a y on the end authory.com backslash Beck, and still writing
0: for gq sports all right thank you again howard thank you to everyone who tuned in we'll be back later this week with the mailbag episode until then talk to you soon i'm locked on next